Are you a parent that has a kid who's so worried all the time, so fearful that they're irrational, they're avoidant, and they need constant reassurance from you? Well, you're not alone. Anxiety is the number one clinical condition in the United States, and we all need ways to cope. Hi, I'm Dr. Roseanne, and I'm a mental health trailblazer. And join me as we have real conversations about real solutions to kids' problems. And today we're talking about fear and anxiety and what are the signs? And of course, what do we do about it? So let's dive in. So we're talking about fear and anxiety. How do break that cycle of worry and anxious avoidance because our kids of all ages are struggling with it. And let's face it, many adults are struggling with this as well. Let's jump into this episode and about helping my kid be less fearful and worried. So if you haven't heard me talk about fear, it is the number one reason that we make decisions. So 70% of all of our 34,000 decisions we make in a day are to avoid something. And anxiety isn't as simple as that, but let's dive into, let's talk about what is anxiety versus worry, because we all experience worry, but anxiety, true clinical anxiety is persistent pattern of worry that is really getting in the way of life. And sometimes when we have kids who, you know, live in good lives, have healthy homes or safe good quality food, we say to ourselves, you know, how does my kid become anxious? Well, it happens pretty easily. In a world where we have compounded stressors, our nervous system gets, as I like to say, jacked up and goes into a sympathetic dominant state way too frequently. And once it's sort of in that rev state, once the cortisol is pushing and all those systems that support your autonomic nervous system, you're in that sympathetic state. It's really hard to get out of it. We do talk about these things in our parenting group. So if you're not in drrosanne.com forward slash group, you can head over and, and join our free Facebook group where we're talking more about these things. But Let's talk about the behavioral symptoms of anxiety. So we often think of anxiety as this thing where we're sitting around, you know, chewing our nails. And for some people, it is that way, but it looks different. And we're going to talk about these behavioral symptoms because sometimes we think our ADD kids have ADD. (laughs) I should say our unfocused kids have ADHD, but it might be anxiety. It might be something else. Anxiety often leads to depression. So you may not understand some of these other clinical issues really may have a root cause in anxiety. And that's why it's important to talk about the behaviors. And as I always encourage all of my parents to become parent detectives, you want to understand those behaviors so that we can better put the right types of treatment. We want to get to those root causes, but also you can give your kid the right kind of support. And we're going to talk about strategies. This is what people fly in all over the world to come and see me. Typically, it is a a stress-activated nervous system with a whole bunch of behaviors that are habitual, that are really hard to manage, and a family ecosystem that gets stuck. And that's pretty typical of what happens in a situation where one or more people are struggling with mental health. We don't have 
great information out there in the world and to empower parents to take action. And that's what all my work is about. So um, and it's also what our new neurotastic brain formula is about. And if you don't know about it, please go to drrosanne.com forward slash magnesium and learn about it because I couldn't be more proud and excited. One of the most common symptoms of anxiety is anxious avoidance. And I like to talk about anxious avoidance because sometimes it doesn't come up on the radar of a parent as being a massive issue. So kids can be pretty crafty. And I mean, kids, you know, even your 25 year old of avoiding something that makes them super uncomfortable. And when we're doing new things, we should have a level of feeling uncomfortable, right? We push ourselves, right? I've had to do a lot of new things as I've created this new supplement company, Neurotastic. And, you know, there's been lots of times where I've had to stretch myself and I do stretch myself quite a bit and it feels a little uncomfortable, right? But for somebody who has anxiety, they just almost, I always say like they're a tyrant, like an egotistical tyrant. They want to avoid, put those blinders on and avoid everything that makes them uncomfortable because they're already so uncomfortable and they don't want to feel it more. But anxious avoidance, right? So, you know, I really don't want to go to that birthday party or, oh, no, I don't want to do that right now. And those kind of statements, and maybe it makes sense. Maybe it doesn't make sense. But avoidance is a real common sign of a deeper clinical issue, right? So being withdrawn. That is what we typically think about when somebody's anxious is they pull away, they maybe are actually are pulling away from events and people, maybe they're keeping to themselves. And please know there's nothing clinically wrong with somebody who's shy and an introvert. Some of my best friends are introverts. It's different when it's a clinical problem because it's getting in the way of things, right? It's getting in the way of going to school. It's getting in the way of getting a job or friendships. One of the top behavioral symptoms of anxiety that I feel that is often missed is psychosomatic symptoms. And it really is somatic. So our body is showing a response to stress. Number one, does anybody know what it is? Feel free to, to drop it in, in the comments. It's actually belly aches and gastrointestinal distress is the most common thing we see. You also can see sleep problems, um, headaches, physical pain, go chest pain, another real common one, uh, weakness in the knees, just a whole bunch of different things related. And Again, sometimes you might have a situational stressor that could be causing this for your child, but you want to look deeper if this is a consistent pattern. And it's really can be very sneaky, this anxiety and worry, right? And a later part of our Parenting Lifeline series, we're going to talk specifically about OCD. I almost, you know, with OCD and just to understand how that's related to anxiety, they are different. Um, and anxiety is a persistent worry, but OCD is you are doing physical things. You exhibit behaviors to avoid a bad thing from happening. So you have a series of rituals around avoiding something. That is what OCD is. It's not just hand washing people. That's a big myth. But often it starts with anxiety. My pans, pandas people, it could start with infection. It doesn't have to have started with anxiety. Um, but typically that it is. So we can see irritability, moodiness, anger. This is where people get red flagged as having a conduct disorder or oppositional defiant disorder, right? Oppositional defiant disorder is a behavior, people. Like, go back and listen to that episode. It could be, and most of my depressed people almost exclusively have anxiety 
started it is the nexus and they basically just wear themselves out. Another common missed thing that we see in anxiety is excessive reassurance. So when you have an anxious kid, they might be like, what time's the bus getting here today? And you're like, let's get here at 7.53. I mean, you know, come on, you know that. And then they're like, mom, what time's the bus coming again? And you can start to see they're, they're needing some more TLC attention, something from you can be a sign that there's a need for worry. This is also seen very much in OCD. And be careful. We're going to talk about not falling into that trap. Low motivation, procrastination. So many kids with ADHD, mood disorders, autism, pathological demand avoidance, they can experience these symptoms as, as well. But Sometimes when you're just so stressed out, I mean, I think we can recognize this as adults. We struggle with motivation. We pull back from things, right? These are some of the most common things that I see. And I feel like we don't talk enough about it. Of course, focus and attention are often misdiagnosed as an ADHD problem when it really is clinical anxiety, fear-based, right? And you know, Fear can happen whether it's real or imagined. The brain knows no difference. And as I talked about those compounded stressors, that is way more likely to cause anxiety than family genetics of anxiety. What will happen in family ecosystems is family behaviors, right? So let's talk about managing fear, worry, and stress in ourselves hello, and our kids and our whole family. Because the number one thing we need to do as parents, this is my best tip, is to share your calm. As my Papa Tony would always say, and you're going to hear me say, it's easy with the mouth, Rose. So (laughs) it means it's hard to be regulated when you're around somebody who's dysregulated. But our kids regulate off of us. It's called co-regulation. And I think we all know this and nobody's going to be perfect. So please don't expect yourself like I I hope every one of you is an imperfect parent because I certainly am. And the moment we think that we have to be 100% on it, we're going to feel bad about ourselves, right? And that's not helpful for your child or yourself. So what we want to do is we want to pre prophylactically, right? In advance, proactively, we want to make sure that we are regulating our nervous system so that we're more prepared for our child that struggles with anxiety, you know, pans, pandas, whatever's going on. It's a lot easier to be able to manage that and have a sharing of our calm versus a sharing of our own worry. Um, I recently had a mom and a dad who are going to go down as one of the most anxious set of parents I've ever seen in my entire life. And the amount of accommodating of the behaviors was incredible. And they just couldn't see it. They just couldn't see that their daughter... And please know, whenever I talk about things, I change the the details to protect you know people's privacy. But this isn't... This isn't so uncommon, but their level of anxiety was really uncommon. And and I spent a lot of time saying, I'm really worried about you. I'm not worried about your kid. Your kid's doing much better. But they just accommodated this child's anxiety to a level that was extreme. And their whole life, their whole family system was set up to avoid their child getting upset 
getting behavioral. And it wasn't a system set up of positivity and reinforcement. Instead, it was to not let it happen. It was like, oh, no, 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 no. We don't want them to be anxious. You know, they must only be around this staff member. I can only have them sit next to this person on the bus. It was a list of things that didn't serve the child and in fact created even more stress for everybody and fostered it. Hey, parents, looking to turn those stressful days into moments of calm focus? Well, that's exactly why I created Neurotastic Multimag Brain Formula. It's the brain booster that helps kids and parents stay centered and sharp. It's not magic, it's science, and it's just a spoonful away. Bring the balance with Neurotastic. Go to drrosanne.com forward slash magnesium to get special subscribe and save discounts with, of course, amazing gifts. drrosanne.com forward slash magnesium. What are other things we should be doing when we have an anxious child? We want to look for those signs of avoidance reassurance. So if you have a child who's avoiding certain tasks, it can become easy at times to see when a kid's like, hey, I'm not going to do it. But sometimes that avoidance can be very sneaky, right? It could just sort of all of a sudden they develop a pattern of just not doing something and we allow it to happen. We're going to talk about what to do about that. So don't get in the pattern of a logic thinking. You know, don't get caught up in your child's illogical thinking. So sometimes the worry and fear sounds kind of logical, right? Maybe it started with something real. Anxiety tends to start with something real. OCD tends to be something completely illogical. But sometimes when a person is worried and they're talking to you, it may sound like they've got it together. You're getting into their irrational brain. But when fear takes over, it doesn't make sense. So for example, let's say you had a situation where, you know, one of the favorite stories I like to tell is, you know, 20 plus years ago, I worked with somebody who got a really bad splinter and then developed first anxiety and then OCD. And so they started to avoid uh, going to play escapes that had wood. Well, okay. You know, like my kid got bitten by a tick. I'm pretty scared when I go and, you know, has at 22 months and has pans. I'm pretty nervous about going outside. I don't totally avoid it, but I definitely think twice and I have to be very prepared. It's a different story. It's not interfering with what I'm doing. But in this case of this child, the parents were like, of course, you're allowed to avoid the actual, you know, playscapes. And then it morphed into OCD because they didn't help him to overcome that worry. I hope that's an aha moment, right? So it's a dance. And how do we not feed the worry, right? Because we don't want to feed the worry. Number one, we want to role model and teach frustration, tolerance, and coping skills. That's a tall order. How do you get teach somebody to cope? So in the case of this young man who got this big splinter is we want to say, wow, of course you're worried that you're going to get a splinter. But, you know, before you got the splinter, you were able to get out on, you know, these play equipment. How did you do it? And you get them to think. And then it's like, okay, well, the other thing is we can put a time limit on things and say, well, you're going to go on that play equipment. You know, what do you think? Do you think you can make it for three minutes or five minutes? What do you think you can do today? 
And you start getting them to learn how to build that tolerance and that uncomfortable. This is about shaping, as you always hear me talking about, shaping desired behaviors. Needs a lot of reinforcement, lots of consistency. This is not a one-off conversation, people. This truly is going to take some time. And good mental health requires frustration tolerance and coping skills. So whether you're an employer and you have know you have a person where you're like, oh, we got to give him 24 hours to digest this because he's going to get upset versus, oh, George, he's a piece of cake. I'll ask him and he'll be like, OK, yeah, all right. We, we're going to figure out a problem to that. It's a stressor. So um, somebody saying, I love that. Don't feed the worry. It's not easy. You really have to think, is this feeding their worry by saying yes to this or allowing this? And often when you have, obviously, whenever you have somebody who's dealing with a clinical issue, you want to get clinical support. I mean, we are doing the Combrain community. We are doing Neurotastic. We are doing all of these things at drrosian.com and our, our Neurotastic brand and the Global Institute of Children's Mental Health in an effort to support people, but you have trusted experts guiding you. You have to be very careful not to get support from people that are not, you know, don't have good experience, clinical experience, expertise. But when you have a clinical issue and you really need help, you need a licensed mental health provider. And the great news is there are wonderful providers all over the world. If you want to work with us, you can go to drrosanne.com forward slash help. No matter what is going on, we will guide you in the right solution. But Top, top thing is you really have to share your calm. This is probably the hardest thing because when your child is suffering, you are suffering, as I said the other day. But you want to really make sure you're role modeling, you're teaching that frustration tolerance, even when you don't have it together. You should talk out loud and be like, I don't got it together. You know, I shouldn't have flipped that guy the bird when he passed me and, you know, uh, going 100 miles an hour. This is real life and your kids need to understand that. And they're not going to learn those skills if we're not doing that with them. But top advice, look for signs of anxious avoidance. Don't feed the worry. Don't accommodate. Really try to get them to stretch themselves in those coping skills. And know this is a process. There is no magic pill. There is no SSRI. There is nothing that is just going to stop this. When anxiety, OCD, depression, ADD, there is a set of behaviors that come along with it. And you need to, and you can know how to manage these behaviors. It just requires patience. We didn't expect our kids to just walk one day. We did all these things to help them. It's the same way when you have an anxious kid. We don't want to let anxiety fester. You already heard me. I often see that it morphs into deeper clinical issues, multiple clinical issues. We are accepting stress and anxiety way too much. You can take control of this and you can be the light and to guide your child. You just need the right tools. So I hope this is really helpful. I hope you got a different viewpoint on it, on anxiety. And please know your child can be a straight A student. They can have a boatload of friends and they can still have clinical anxiety. So don't ignore it. Take action. Nobody ever regrets getting help. They only regret when they don't. Be well, everybody. Parenting is hard and there are so many ups and downs. Just know that even if you have an anxious and fearful child at home, they can learn healthy ways to cope and you 
are the CEO of your child's physical and mental health. And it's going to be okay when you put your own oxygen mask on and you teach them those all-important coping skills. You need the right solution to help your child be successful at home, school, and life. And that's why I've created the Solution Matcher. Go to drrosanne.com forward slash help, D-R-R-O-S-E-A-N-N forward slash help to get the right solution for where you're at. 